everyone, welcome back to another episode of BFF, Black Fat Fashion. I'm your host, Ayana Ishmael, and on BFF, we'll be discussing personal and career journeys at a crossroad between being Black, fat, into fashion, or if you're like me, some resemblance of all three. Today, I'm joined by Aliyah Dunn, a recent graduate of Mount Holyoke College. Since our conversation, Aliyah has moved to New York City, where she works as a freelancer in fashion and creative production. Hey guys, as I said earlier, I'm here with Aaliyah. So first, I just kind of want you to introduce yourself to everyone. Hi, my name's Aaliyah Dunn. Um, I'm 22, I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> um, I um, just graduated from Mount Holyoke College where I was a Posse Scholar. Um, I double majored in media studies and management. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I really want to know more about maybe your experience growing up. Obviously, you're from Miami, right? Right. Yeah. So definitely just tell us a little bit about what, what was it like growing up in Miami and then also going to high school and then becoming a posse scholar because that's awesome. Um, so yeah, so growing up here is a very distinct experience. I think you get that too. Like, um, you're kind of able to be immature in a lot of ways, but you're also have to become super mature in a lot of ways. Like you kind of experience a lot of things, just like living in a city, um, environment, I think is like that for a lot of people, but yeah, growing up here is a very distinct experience and, um, you kind of ex witness and experience a lot of things and, um, it's a very interesting place to grow up. It's a very diverse place to grow up. Um, it has, its, of course, every place has its its downfalls, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it kind of, I think, I think being from here, I think gives you a bit of like a co complex, whatever that is, it'll give you a complex about the way you look, about the way that you act, about the people you surround yourself with. I think it can be kind of an interesting place to be. Um, yeah, so um, I grew up, my parents are divorced. I grew up with my mom and who's like the best person ever, I think. Um, she's just so fun and like smart and beautiful and I love her. <laughs> yes, um, yes moms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shout out to the moms. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's just like a fun, it's a good place to grow up. Um, again, it's very interesting. People are very interesting, whether that's good or bad. People, yeah. are, people are very fun, whether that's good or bad. People, um, can be very serious. People can be very, um, big into partying. So it's kind of like growing up around a place that's diverse in so many different ways and on so many different levels is so interesting. Um, yeah. And so my senior year of high school, I got nominated to do Posse, which is, um, a nationwide, um, foundation, the Posse Foundation who, um, that provides in kind of cohorts of 10, 11 or 12 students provides um, full tuition scholarships to um, for Posse Miami. I think it's six schools around the country. Mm -hmm. um, I was fortunate enough in, in my senior year of high school to get a Posse scholarship to Mount Holyoke College, um, which was at the time not even on my radar. My Actually, my older sister went to Mount Holyoke. She was a senior when I was a first year, but um, even though she went there, it was still so far off my radar. I was like, yeah. I don't want to, I'm going to go to football games and like <laughs> go to frat parties, <laughs> which like now to me is like, ew, ew <laughs> like, what are you, who, who was that person? <clears throat> um, I think we all kind of went through that phase. Um, yeah. So 
I got, to, I was kind of nervous to go to Mount Holyoke at first, but I kind of felt like I was given this opportunity for a reason and I should take advantage and enjoy it and experience new things. So first year of college, I moved to South Hadley, Massachusetts, which if you don't know what it is, you're, you're never going to. Yeah. It's one of those places. It's like, if you've never thought about it or even looked into certain schools or whatever, you just never will hear about this place. And it's a very small white town in Western Massachusetts. Um, kind what of was that transition like going from Miami to it's so different. <laughs> I, I think I got asked that question at least like once a week, at, <laughs> like for my whole experience in college. I think everyone was like, "Oh my god, that's so fun! What's Miami like? How are you dealing with it here?" And it's like, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> like, for the first few months, it was such a big transition. But again, like that's one of the kind of you know pet. That's one of the kind of tenets of posse is like the fact that you go in with a posse of people. So I had nine other girls who like, you know, I'm still in contact with who we kind of got to do this, ex have this experience together. Mm -hmm. And also girls who are also from Miami, like that's kind of, they're all from here as well. And so that's a really nice experience to be like, well, this place is so drastically different from where we grew up, but I have this group of people who know that when I'm like literally, or like when I'm like going through my little Miami like yes. moments of like, oh, I'm, I'm cold or I miss Cuban food or I miss the beach or I miss my mom. I have this group of people who were like instantly there for me and understood where I was coming from. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a very different place. It's a very white place. My school was fairly diverse, but still like what schools are truly diverse, you know? Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so there's a, um, so got to kind of get, get to be in community with a lot of people. Um, and on top of that, you're also all freezing your asses off. It's just kind of so cold. <laughs> um, but honestly, now that I'm on the other side of it, I'm kind of like, it was never as cold as people told me it was going to be. That's like yeah. my, because I was expecting like blizzard yetis coming out of the trees, you know, like, like the reindeer movies, like of like Christmas movies, like because I was expecting like literal like Antarctica, it wasn't as bad as it was. I was never dressed appropriately. That's but and that's fully my fault. So yeah, so it was a big transition. But once I got there and I really started to meet really great people and like have um get into academia as an experience of like experiencing courses and um theory and readings and books the size of my body and like get into those things, it really made the experience so much more fun because I felt like in school, my whole life, I'd never really felt like I was able to kind of place my interests into my mm -hmm. schoolwork. And if I did, it was kind of like, oh my God, like the teachers would kind of kind of brush you off or kind of say like, this is not what I assigned or like, this is not what we discussed as far as like the assignment. And, but when I got to college, that's, that's what college is. It's supposed to be like, it's a kind of a DIY, you kind of make your own experience, however you do exactly. that, whether that's partying or whether that's, working in a lab or getting very into like a thesis or whatever you whatever you kind of choose to do um it's up to you mm -hmm. you know and that's kind of one of one of the components that I really loved about the college experience was that like if I wanted to take a class on learning about sex work and strippers I could do that if I wanted to write a paper about fashion and cultural appropriation I could do that if I wanted to talk about fashion and film I could do that it, it so it was really something that it College, I think, really worked for me, and it really kind of catered to my little ADHD brain that was constantly in class my whole life up yeah. until high school, kind of just being like, oh, well, you're talking about this, and I don't care, so I'm going to think about um, this Anything movie else. or this yeah. show that I watched. You know what I mean? Like, And I, yeah. I know you fully get that. You know what I mean? So it's like, it was really a chance for me to kind of start to kind of 
find my own path where school had not really ever worked for me and to make it work for me. And also college is expensive at that rate. You might as well make it work for you. However you do that. If again, if that's your partying, if that's your coursework, like you might as well make it work for you. So that was a big part of school for me. So that made the transition a bit easier, kind of being able to throw myself into schoolwork that truly interested me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, now I'm, graduated um which is like insane I like never thought not that I never thought it would happen but some days feel so like oh and like you're going kind of crazy and so then all of a sudden now I'm like like that doesn't even occur to me anymore to be like stressed about those things anymore because it's just like not on my forefront of my mind in a year or two who knows like if I'll be back in school or whatever I'll be doing but yeah so it's I'm really happy to be finished and like kind of appreciate the experience for what it was and the bad days, the good days kinds of thing. I got to go abroad. I studied abroad in um, Edinburgh, Scotland for six months. I got to travel a lot. I got to meet a lot of really amazing people on campus. Also like people who came to visit campus as far as like my school has a very rich activism history and getting to meet people like Barbara Smith and like professors that I had who like really kind of changed the course of my learning. So like yeah, so I really, it was a really, really great place to be again. It had its days where I was like, I'm going home. Come on, book the, book the ticket. I'm dropping out. But I bet like now I'm on the, again on the other side of it. I'm able to be like, wow, that was really great. And again, like who could have predicted this moment in time at all? Exactly. Like, like the, the finding out about like having to leave campus, like literally like in within a week or two and having to like move out of my life essentially. And like the life that I had to create for myself up there kind of because you know what I mean? Even things like my winter jackets never saw Miami. You know, they always exactly. kind of stayed. I got to really com- compartmentalize those two places. And all of a sudden it was like, nope, get out. You have to go. Yeah. So really traumatizing, I guess as well. But um, yeah, like again, now I'm finished and I get to kind yeah. of just, I, I made it out alive. I made it out with my diploma that just came in the mail like last week, which is, <laughs> which is a sick experience, by the way, to open, to think that you're going to get like passed by your president. And it's like, here, the UPS man hands you your shit. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So so what that- was that moment like for you? Cause I know obviously this year was crazy. No one saw it coming. So for us, when I was at school at FAMU, we were going on spring break the week that like COVID-19 was like hitting us. So we were like, oh, okay, whatever we'll be back in April. And then April hit and I was like, no. Yeah. So what was that whole, like, I don't know what time frame you guys were on in March when it all like kind of happened, but what was it like? Um, so my kind of, I go to school in an area where there are four other colleges, um, Smith College, Amherst College, UMass Amherst, which is like the massive big state school mm-hmm. and then Hampshire College. So four small schools in one really big school. And so um, Amherst College was one of the first schools in the country to close um, and I remember being at a class at Amherst College and them like getting an email essentially and everyone in the class was like burst into tears or like freak out and like it was so scary because it was like well if they're closing obviously we have to close and but then there was all this speculation and for days and days and days there was no announcement of anything I remember being in a class and having to leave and call my mom because I was freaked out I was like oh my God, like, are they going to close? Are we going to have graduation? All these things. And again, too, like in the grand scheme of things, things that seem very minimal and so trivial sometimes, like I just want to walk across the stage. And again, like that's so valid, but it's like, people are dying. And like, Kim, people are dying. You know what I mean? Like that kind of (laughs) moment of like, be realistic. And like, again, having to move my life out. Things that I 
never thought I'd have to like think about getting rid of until I was ready. Like I had like my little like my candles and my you know the things that I have and and that's the thing too about college. It's a very weird experience because it's like you're still kind of in this middle zone, or for most people anyway, you're still kind of in this middle zone of like you're not quite an adult. Yeah, you're still kind of in this little bubble of school and like that mm-hmm. schedule and that. So it's a, it's an interesting experience to be like, oh my god, like. I'm freaking out. My whole life is up in the air. But again, like you, students really do create lives around college and like in those cities where they might end up moving. So it's, it was a really interesting experience to be like, wow, like my life, my life, the thing that I've kind of created, whether, cause like when you go to college, it's up to you if you like live or die, if you do your laundry, if you eat dinner, like everything right. you do is up to you. And so for me to be like, now it's like, whoa, this is all over. And on top of that, I'm not going to get to walk across the stage and have my graduation day. On top of that, I'm not even going to get to be, like, in the library at my school, which on any other day I couldn't stand. But, like, all of a sudden it was, like, the peak of, like, struggle for me. And then also, like, I'm not going to get to see my friends. Like, little things like that, too, is, like, people that you didn't connect with maybe because you guys were all busy. Now all of a sudden it was, like, well, I have to see you now because I might never see you again. And, like, things like that. So it was it was a really emotional experience. And I wish I could say that I was like fully, that everyone in my friend group and like, we were all like fully like attacking it head on because we were all so sad on top of yeah. everything else. And again, too, and then you add to that the state of the world and it becomes this like really, really deep ingrained sadness that's really hard to, that I think I've really just recently got out of. Like I think yeah. it, take, it took me my my diploma coming into my hands for me to be like, okay, I think I'm over this now. I think yeah. I'm just gonna like live my life. Yeah, it was really hard and just really stressful. Moving is stressful. Like, I think it's like one of the most stressful, like scientifically studied most stressful things (laughs) on the planet. Like, it's terrible. It's awful. And to do it when you're like drunk and crying all day is like, it's so different too. Yeah. And I really, oh my God, that impromptu graduation thing you guys did, I saw on your story. That was like so sweet. I was like, oh my gosh, my heart. How did that even happen? Like, what was- So that's- that's kind of, the, oh, again, one of the things I loved about Mount Holyoke was we're very, because we're such an old school, we're the oldest historically women's institution in the country, 1800s, you know, like mid 1800s. So it's like, we have all these really ingrained traditions that happen during like graduation time. So whether that's like, um, we have like strawberries and champagne, which is like a big party that we have, or um, this thing called the Laurel Parade, which happens the day before graduation. So we kind of walk through campus with alums from the past like 100 years if they're still around kind of thing like there's like big clusters of people we all walk around with this big like plant on our shoulders essentially it's it's very cultish if you don't know what's going on it's be very weird from the outside like uh, just a bunch of people in white just like marching through (laughs) this place so yes we have that and then like we are our founder's grave is on campus so we sing around it's like a very it's very culty and weird and witchy and like um, but like, it's so ingrained in the history of my school. And so like a large part of graduation isn't even graduation, like as a ceremony, it's those things kind of leading up to like, that you get to share with your class and classes who've come before you. And, um, so yeah, so kind of, it was really student led. My school did not respond well to COVID at all. Like it was a really <laughs> odd thing. I mean, we knew we, we weren't shocked. Like we, we've known that they weren't, they don't, they don't respond to most, most schools don't respond to most things well. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so it was mostly student led kind of just like throwing these things together and kind of being able to like, as I think too, having really amazing faculty on campus who were like, yeah, we'll totally come help out with that and we'll be there in our robes. And so yeah, so it was, ended up being really beautiful and a really good, almost like graduation, but better because when you go to a normal graduation, it's full of just like speakers and yeah. it's still beautiful, but this was like fully, we sang Mamma Mia. It was like, like it was like a- For you guys, like very much in that sense. Yeah. So it was really, really beautiful to kind of go, go through that whole process. And, and it was, it was able to kind of make everyone feel a bit better given everything that was going on. Yeah. Because yeah. so many people had so many different things happening. Exactly. In, in response to us having to leave campus. So it was, it ended up being- it's like a almost like a a really good consolation prize yeah exactly and what has it been like you know these past couple of months obviously going to school I know for me personally I've seen a lot of my friends that aren't black or even Mm -hmm. that just don't understand haven't been very vocal in this current moment in time and obviously I could see from your social media you are pretty vocal as Mm -hmm. a black woman so have you had to face that experience right now I guess kind of tying it back to to college again like my school has a very rich history of activism and just as a women's institution it's kind of just like how you know women have always adapted to society's whatever's and so um being able to kind of experience that and and exist around people who are quite conscious or woke for lack of a better word like um but there are still downfalls like right like my school is extremely white feminist um, Hillary supporting, you know, kind of <laughs> that kind of person, that like person who wants to be Elizabeth Warren when they grow up, or people who are quite radical, but still white, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's so kind of like a thing. So like, being community with other Black women during my time in school was so, so, so important. And I do think that even maybe performatively, the white people that I know from school are still quite uh, active and willing to learn and like be a part of those things just for the sake of being a part of them sometimes if that makes sense so um so yeah so the experience of like interacting with people from school as far as like the whole kind of push towards um equality and black lives matter and everything going on has been fairly harmless as far as like again most people even for the sake of being performative are kind of like oh well i know these things so it's it's really been like i think a push as well at my school to be like well a lot of you are wealthy you you own you have a horse that you ride open your purse sell yeah. the horse let's start you know what i mean start kind of redistributing some of the things and that are cuz this time with covid with um black lives matter going on with everything happening there's been a push to be like put your money where your mouth is because your mouth is doing a lot of work and you're not really backing it up. So like, let's kind of see some other work. And it's been really cool to see, but also again, like there's always, you can always criticize movements. Everything could improve. So yeah, so it's been really interesting. If anything, the issue's kind of maybe been with coming back to Miami. Like it's mm-hmm. been, Miami again is a very diverse, interesting place with a lot of interesting people. Um, <laughs> and even the people that we went to high school with, right? Like people who are, who kind of were able to, you know what I mean? I think, I feel like maybe in high school, some people were not interested in politics at all. Yeah. Like it wasn't like something that we talked about very often. Um, and again, to Miami in that way, as far as like also to like the Latinx community, um, a lot of Republicans here, a lot of um, Trump supporters, a lot of um, Hispanic people who say the N word, a lot of white people who say the N word, a lot of, <laughs> 
a lot of liberal white people, neoliberal, we might even say like kind of, oh, I voted for Obama and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, so there's, again, a very diverse place, but that comes with a lot of diverse political opinions. So, so yeah, so it's been interesting too to see how people at home have responded who hasn't responded. Yeah. Who kind of has been going on vacations and not going to the beach and going to the pool mm-hmm. and going to resorts and not kind of, it's almost, it seems as if they live in their own other world where it's, kind of, and also too, it's weird to be connected with someone like that on social media to be like, how have you not even seen? Am I muted? Am I, you know what I mean? Like, am I, <laughs> yeah, like it's a, it's an interesting thing to be like, how can you just not say anything? Even if that what you said was stupid in the little black square, blackout Tuesday, how can you just not say anything or have no concern? But then again, it gets to the core of their values that they grow to have or have had for a long time. Again, learning that people who I thought of as very kind of like conscious or whatever, like come from families of Trump supporters or, you know, or because they're wealthy, they're Trump supporters and white Hispanics who think they're, you know, really just white and things like, so that's been interesting. But also talking to black people that I know who did not support looting or did not support, and that's the thing too is I think I've been able to have somewhat of a radical social justice education going to where I went to school. And I, I it's something that, that I've had to learn in the first two years of college. If, if you, it was very like, if you're not with me, you're against me in my political thinking. And I still to an extent feel that way because I do think sometimes for me, things are fairly black and white, no pun intended, you know, like, so to kind of know what I know and kind of know what I've had to write papers about and talk about in, in classes and talk about in forums of um, of dialogue, whether that was like in activism organizing circles or in organizations on campus or things like that. It's interesting to be like, well, I see why people might like not agree with the looting, but also like, this is why you don't agree with the looting. Capitalism takes enough from us every day. You should take from it as well. You know what I mean? Get, 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 get your shit from Walmart, however you do that. Exactly. I didn't say anything, right? Like, That's been, you didn't like, hear that from me. The biggest thing I've noticed, especially like going away to college, the people that I were friends with in high school, like their views were kind of not, maybe they weren't hidden, but I think I didn't see them in high school. And they didn't come up. It never came up. I, I think back now is like, I used to, Mr. Krause, (laughs) I used to argue back and forth with Mr. Krause. People in class used to be like, shut up. And I used to be like, why? Like, this is what this, this class is literally called about government. Let's argue. Let's talk. But on top of that, it was like, it just never came up. I remember really my first class-wide like political discussion, like intense political discussion was like, because we graduated in 2016, yeah. it was that conversation about like, oh, my parents say to vote for Trump. And I, of course, then me, I, and I to, I'm, I'm talking shit about Hillary people, but like, that was me back then, you know, kind of like, that was like the extent of my kind of political education, especially like knowing how my mother raised us in an all-female household, whatever, to be like, yes, Hillary is going to be, and now I'm like, Hillary's a war criminal. <laughs> like, that that kind of, kind of, it goes like the, the the range is so vast. Yeah, so it's interesting too to like, but also it's like those people, some of those people now are just not on my radar at all. I just yeah. don't really like care to be like, there are people that I, there are people that I haven't seen literally since we had those caps and gowns on graduating that I just haven't even thought of who have these really fucked up opinions. But then on top of that, they're just people that I'm like, if you if that's how you feel and that's just how you're going to start to develop as far as like into your parents I, I kind of don't really care to like have this friendship but then that's interesting too where social media comes in is like do I unfollow do I like <laughs> do I like want to like 
throw the gauntlet as far as like high school you know what I mean like does it does it matter does it like because I follow this person does that mean that I encourage all of their political beliefs or like it's a good it's like a weird thing and again too it's kind of just compounded with being from a place like this and knowing this large range of people even casually knowing these people and it feels yeah and especially being in a transitional period in my life I think about it a lot it's like do I keep connections with these people now or do I weaken them or do I just completely sever do I do I try to talk and educate I don't know I'm at that point now it's kind of like I have no clue Mm -hmm. really what's like the right course of action exactly and now moving forward what are your plans and goals for the future obviously right now it's such a transitional moment in your life so where do you see yourself kind of trying to go um so I mean I, as far as work experience, like internships throughout college and even before then, fashion has kind of always been the goal, Mm -hmm. but I think it's with what career within that I want has changed so much. My first year of college, I was trying to be like you, actually, you know what I mean? I was trying to like, I was like, I want to work at, for Anna Wintour and all these things. And then I think I had some experiences through like internships and stuff that I was like, I don't know if I really want to do this. I don't know if I want to be like a full on writer, but I was like, but I still have like, have so much appreciation for like the work that like you do and so many like people that I look up to do as far as being journalists. So that's like, that was like one part of my journey that I was like, oh, I'm going to do fashion PR and like mm-hmm. be a publicist or do whatever. And then I was like, then I had an experience with that internship and I was like, well, I don't know if this is what I want to do either fully. Like in yeah. kind of, yeah. So kind of really right now, like the, the journey has shifted so much, but like, it's always been something that I've wanted in my life. And I think for a long time I avoided as like before college, I really avoided because it just didn't feel like I could get there or that I could make money doing those things or like, um, that I could support myself or help my family at all. So like, I was always like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor, but I'm going to have a sick closet. It was like, I'm going to be a lawyer, but I'm going to have, I'm going to be the best dressed lawyer in the courtroom. I'm going to be, um, I'm going to do like, I'm going to be an accountant and I'm going to work in a, in a fashion company. And it was like, why am I avoiding the middleman? You're like, why am I avoiding this thing that I'm always like thinking of that's constantly on my brain? That's, you know what I mean? Like, from shopping to using Instagram to fashion news, things like those things are always like the forefront of my media that I absorb. So why would I, why am I avoiding it? Why don't I just do this thing and see where I can be successful and like see, just try it out, you know, kind of thing. So, so yeah, right now I'm very much invested in just kind of like seeing what works, but also just in this current climate, wherever is hiring, <laughs> wherever is hiring, wherever wants to give me some cute little health insurance, Um, but honestly, like, I think the end goal for me is to be able to just, I've had so many experiences and I've enjoyed them. Even if I haven't fully taken to them, I've enjoyed what I've learned. So I guess the ideal goal is to kind of be able to do a little bit of everything. I think everyone wants to be like, especially now kind of in this day and age, everyone's like a multi-hyphenate, like writer, actor, yeah, everyone does so many things because we can. So like, I guess essentially the goal is to kind of be able to do that and support a life for myself and love my job. I just, I, I think, I, I think a lot about like hating work or like, I guess to an extent, like, you know, they always say like, I don't, I don't dream of work. I don't dream of labor. I don't dream of a job under capitalism, whatever. So it's an interesting thing to, to, to kind of think of it that way as well as like, I want to work and I want to be successful, but also like my ideal world maybe doesn't include any of that. Exactly. 
you know, so it's an interesting, but again, too, but I'm also 22 and I need a job. So I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I gotta get something before I can like be like, oh, I'm Zen and like love not doing anything. How that'll happen. I have no clue. Maybe I'll be working till I am, I die. You know what I mean? I don't know. So, but right now, ideally the goal is to kind of just work uh, again, fashion, again, it's a weird thing to be like, oh, I hate capitalism, but I want to work in fashion, mm -hmm. like, ooh, clothes, fun, money, shopping, you know, kind of things, um, so it's an interesting thing to you to be like, oh, I want to be a part of this industry, but also, like, change it, and, like, be a success, and I, I also, like, I think I have this, like, really big craving, I don't even want to be, like, an influencer, but I want to be, like, you know, like, someone that knowers know, you know what I mean, yeah. like, you want to kind of be, like, yeah, if I need something, I'm going to call Aaliyah, and that's, like, it, or, like, whatever, so, like, that's kind of a gold one, but again, like, a lot of work before that happens, so I'm just kind of looking to do whatever right now, kind of see what really fits for me, because, again, I've had so many experiences, and it's a weird thing now that, like, I know how to do a lot of things, but it almost feels like now I know how to do nothing. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, so it's an interesting kind of journey to kind of jump to as far as, like, like, entering the workforce, and also, again, now this time has made a lot of stuff fall through like um I had a job in March and then I didn't have a job and then um they've kind of been like oh maybe at this point in the year you can whatever and so it's kind of like I've been kind of just like riding on um like maybes but at this point in time I'm just kind of ready to go I need to like go whether that's like New York or Seattle or LA I don't know but um just kind of ready to get out of this this house and get <laughs> get um going somewhere else and like also again I'm, I'm I'm getting to a point now where it's like I was so kind of down about everything that was happening in the world COVID Black Lives Matter George Floyd all that stuff going on it really takes this extreme toll on like your sensitivity level like there'd be times where I would just like wake up and like read my Twitter feed and just like cry or just like yeah or you go out in the world and you're just feeling very heavy and like, so I'm also still trying to kind of keep some of that, the things that it's kind of pushed me to do. I'm kind of try, definitely trying to like use some of that momentum and push me elsewhere mm -hmm. and kind of see what else is kind of will shake out for me. Yeah. It's, it's again, it's like a, it's a weird journey of like, maybe this will happen. Maybe I'll be doing this. Like I could be, I don't know. I could be here again in 10 years time. I don't know. Who knows, you know, kind of thing. Like I could be sitting in my grandma's house and I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, so, but I'm also, because of this time, I'm so ready to just see what happens. Like, that's like, and that's a really fun point to get to because for so long throughout college, even it'd been like, if I'm not doing this and this and this and this by this and this time, if I'm not, if I don't have 20,000 followers and I'm making a million dollars a year by this and this time, I'm a, I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. And it's like, <laughs> by 22, our parents had done not much. You know what I mean? They'd, they'd gone to college, they'd got a job maybe, they'd maybe kind of, maybe bought a house actually we could buy a house for like five bucks back in the day right um, <laughs> but it was still like they would never have been like oh I'm a failure you know what I mean so it's, it's kind of unrealistic for me to feel like oh I'm not doing shit and I'm 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 failing relative to like somebody else that I follow on Instagram who I don't know exactly. you know what I mean like and even then people that I do know right like I have friends now who are like I'm going to law school I'm going to business school I'm going to med school like that's amazing that's great and that's not for me that's not my path. That's not how I'm going to feel happy and fulfilled in my life. So that's good for you. And I will see you on the other side of that. And congratulations. Exactly. But for me, I just have to kind of find what works for me. Cause I find that if I'm not comfortable, if I'm not happy, nobody's happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> nobody's going to have, nobody's going to get the best out of me. So yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at now.
and, and also I wish I could say that it didn't have to take me kind of losing an opportunity for me to like feel this way mm -hmm. but like I'm trying to like turn that kind of loss into like a positive kind of spin it somewhere else and yeah. go there that's the only thing I, I feel like that has been maybe a good to come out of it are the people that are realizing that we're now pushed into something we've never been through before so this is the time where like it's okay to like not have everything planned yeah. out figured out because you know we're all moving on a different time we don't know what where this is going to go where this is going to take us right. i also want to know i think that's an important thing that a lot of people face especially when i was younger because for the longest i was like i want to like i want to work at a magazine i want to be a writer i want to be an editor and then constantly like being told well like that's not likely like you're not gonna get there and it's like oh well maybe i won't and so i spent so much time like maybe i should take this route and right. even when i got to community college it was like when i even mentioned like oh i would love to work for a magazine they're like that's not journalism so then it's like okay so maybe i should be do this and i was like no like I'm going to do what I think is best for me because I'm the one that has to be happy. And I think that's such an important thing to know is that, you know, you can do what you love in the industry that people think that's not possible, but it's like, there's so much to do within fashion. I feel like yeah, there's so much fixed change that needs people's help. And I think that's such a huge thing, especially right now that we're seeing. Right. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's true, like, even, like, me saying I want to go to New York is still, like, me holding on to a bit of, like, this is, like, what it looks like, but, you know what I mean, I could end up in Seattle, I could go to LA, I could go to Texas, I could go anywhere, and it's, like, I could still be doing work that I love, and that's valid, and that's successful, you know what I mean, like, it, I don't, I could, I could, I mean, I, I'm shitting on this room, but I could be here, and I could be making an empire, I could be doing whatever I want, whatever feels right for me, and so it's, like, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to see people be like, oh, God, I want to start a business for something that I'm not passionate about because a girl that I know from high school is an Instagram model and she's making money. It's like, who? No. Why? Like, why? Yeah. Do you want to be an Instagram model? No. Like, do you want, like, why is that girl your, like, pinnacle of success? And, like, why is that, you know? And again, too, I get, like, wanting to make money. Who doesn't want to have money? You know what I mean? But it's still, like, at the end of it, how what kind of person do you want to be? Like, do you want to be the person who's like very unhappy, not loving the work that you do just for a check or that you're suffering through, you know, stress every day, a terrible, toxic work environment every day just to like drive a Mercedes. And again, that's valid if that's what you choose, right? Like if you've made all the conscious, you've, you considered all the options and that's what you've chosen. Yeah. But it's still like, will you be fulfilled at the end of the day? Will you go through a midlife crisis? Will you, you know, take that out on your friends and your family like what what what's the manifestation of that after like a long time like when it weighs on you so heavily like where do you go from there mm -hmm. like what happens so yeah so it's definitely again it, it's taken me a while to get to this point like I haven't always felt this way you know like so but again like this time I think has really pushed a lot of people to consider kind of like what matters like again people are dying and it's it's a scary time to kind of be out in the world especially as a woman especially as a black woman it's you know, a lot to consider about, like, the pressures of society, the pressures that society puts on us and how we respond to them. So, yeah, I definitely think, I think it's a good place for a lot of people to kind of be, right now, to be considering kind of all the options of things, to be kind of also looking into where society, capitalism, racism, sexism, all the isms have pushed us to be and think that, to kind of think that where we need to be to how we've shaped ourselves around those concepts in society so like it's, it's interesting to see like how we'll end up and again like I think we'll be seeing the kind of re 
aftermath, the aftershocks of this time for the next 10 years, at least yeah. actively, like we'll be kind of getting vaccines, hopefully down the line, we'll, you know, work environments will change. So many people are working from home permanently now. So many people um, have lost their jobs and are dealing with kind of what to do next. So I think it's, it's an interesting time to kind of see how we rise to the occasion. Um, yeah, and so kind of also questioning our place in that equation and seeing how is what we're we've been doing has that been working for us outside of kind of like the virus context like how in general can we change our paths and how can we change society generally too as well it's yeah it's a it's it's such a complex like layered conversation I know <laughs> now but yeah it's interesting it's really really it's a really interesting time and it's a, an even more interesting time for us to be kind of in these this kind of interesting transition yeah. I said interesting like a hundred times. Um, <laughs> but this like really weird kind of transitional period in our lives in general, just being in your 20s is a weird ass time, you know? Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, so it's interesting to see like how, how will everybody respond in five years down the road, 10 years down the road, what will change if, I mean, I don't know about kids in 10 years, but like what will our children's lives be like? What will school be like? What will politics be like? It's a really weird time. To like be going through this, you know, COVID, Black Lives Matter, election, lot, a lot, a lot going on. Most definitely. Yeah. And if anyone follows you, or they will after this episode airs, like, <laughs> you know, like is my style queen. She's always like flexible. <laughs> she has the fits. So I really want to know, like, where did you kind of like? When did you get into like style fashion? I know obviously Miami is very cultured, so. But like, when did you like realize? Okay, like this is it. Like I'm, I'm making looks. <laughs> since I was like a kid like my little gaucho pants and like things like that and even like as a kid my mom my mom is very into like fashion but not in like a very like theoretical way she's kind of more just like oh I like how this looks I'm gonna buy it kind of person but even since I was a kid like four or five years old it's been like my mom and I used to do fashion corner so she'd be going somewhere and she'd be like help me pick an outfit like these are my options like tell me which one to do which jewelry should I so it was always like an experience for me to be like oh my mom we're doing fashion corner today to the extent like when I was in high school she'd be like fashion corner and I'd be like no <laughs> like, maybe, like my whole life I've been styling my mother so um so yeah so always since I was a kid I just was really interested in pretty things, whether that was, like, dolls or, like, magazines. I remember, like, being, like, five and seeing Naomi Campbell for the first time and literally being, like, like, who's that? Like, what? Oh, my God. Like, who looks like that? Like, how, like, she looks like my literal doll that I have. Like, yeah. So, even stuff like that. Even, like, watching movies and stuff. I watched a lot of movies as a kid. So, like, Legally Blonde and Pretty Woman and things like that. Like, things that I, kind of culture that I was able to absorb from my mom. Like, my mom was big into, like, disco and stuff like that. So, like, even, like, seeing her record covers and stuff like that, like really impacted the way that I thought about like style. Um, and of course being from here, I think everyone has a distinct style, even if it's not, even if it's kind of tacky, yeah. even if it's kind of, <laughs> kind of skimpy or whatever, everyone has a very distinct style and like, yeah, so it's a really interesting colorful place to kind of have grown up and gotten that education through. But yeah, definitely getting into blogs, like, again, growing up through, like, the blog era, through you, the kind of growth of YouTube and things like that, like, so constantly mediated, and my brain was always, like, media, what are they wearing in these movies and these TV shows, whatever, so that was always kind of how, yeah, kind of how I kind of got into that, and then, of course, as I got older, I was like, well, let's talk about race and fashion and all these, you know, of course, like, that was, like, kind of my 
intersection of my interests. And so that's how I started into it. I still don't really think I'm like, um, I don't think I'm like peak fashion. I don't even think I, I'm, I own the clothes that I'm like, I want to own. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I can't wait till the day I can like roll out of bed and like Rick Owens or like, you know, Calm de Garcon archive clothes to wear, like where to pick my kids up from school. Like, I'm still not there yet. I'm, I'm getting there. One day. <laughs> one day. One day. We're, 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 again, fingers crossed. About the clothes I want to wear. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not even, I'm not even 50% there. I, I, there's more. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. So that's the, definitely, it's always been something, again, it's something I was so interested in. Like, what, what are you wearing? How can I replicate that? How can I replicate that for cheap? How can I go to the thrift store and find something similar and make it into my own thing? Can I sew it? Can I hem it? Can I shorten it? Make it longer? Make it into a scarf? I don't know. Like, so things like that. Yeah definitely just growing up again heavily mediated I think I'm such mm -hmm. like a big big reference person I think I reference things so heavily sometimes like I always say like my, my mom hates it but I was like I was raised by my tv like that's just how I grew up like yeah. literally watching VH1 and MTV like way too young and E Hollywood E true Hollywood story you know all those that stuff the Kardashians as a, you know as a child like ew crazy <laughs> But yeah, so things like that, I really absorbed so much. Yeah, it's really kind of been, and again, like I was like, oh, maybe I'll be a fashion lawyer. I'll be a fashion accountant. I'll work in finance at Louis Vuitton or whatever. And it was like, well, why am I avoiding, why am I going to go to school to just be involved in fashion? Like, why am I going to go to law school to be involved in fashion? Exactly. Don't quote me. Maybe in a few years, maybe that's yeah. what I'll have to be doing. But you know what I mean? Like, it was kind of just like, it felt very like, why am I avoiding this thing that I love so much when I could just do it and like see where I fit in. And, and I get you, the fitting in component of fashion is very interesting as far as like, there's so many layers to who belongs and who doesn't, or who is told that they don't belong and who doesn't. And so like, who gets to have jobs and who gets to kind of meet people and know people. It's a really interesting kind of conversation. And, and that, again goes to like I really want to like in whatever way I can like help this industry change even a little bit like even if I get to help give a job to one or two young black women or people who want to be involved in fashion and can't afford and to come to New York and do an internship or like whatever like that for me is like if I can help one person kind of change their trajectory and to pursue that passion especially when so much of culture in general but fashion culture comes from these people who are not allowed in exactly it's like you have to work to change that you have to kind of you know you know we can't and again we hear and not to get into this too heavily but like not they always say not all skin folk are kin folk yeah and it's something that i've had to in my work experience had to kind of think about through the past few years it's that like just because someone might look like you and is in a high position of power or just because you might think that someone comes from a similar background as you they might not and you can't put too much pressure on that and again you not that all black people who are in fashion should be you know giving people jobs and being the spokesperson for black people in fashion you don't have to but it's still like a thing of like the earlier you kind of realize that as well of like that even within the black community in fashion, that there's still so much diversity as far as like socioeconomic status, background, things like that. Like as soon as you start to realize that too, you kind of change your tune a little bit as to how you pursue opportunities. And not that and not to like stop you from doing those things, but it's it's kind of will kind of just kind of shape the way you look for opportunity and look for community. So that's also really interesting. Again, we'll 
the journey's ongoing always the book is still being written all those metaphors so yeah (laughs) my final question is just maybe in the last couple months if there's advice you've been given or you think something you've learned in this moment like what advice would you kind of like tell someone else about this moment in time and how you kind of been able to adapt and transition and learn more about yourself honestly the first thing that when we were talking came to mind for me it's maybe not like the only thing that I've been told but something that came to mind for me is that every kind of cohort whether that's like generation class year kind of has their own struggle, whatever that is. It might not look exactly the same as coronavirus, you know, but people before us have had struggle in their journeys. And and again, you can find that in any little group that you look at. Every kind of group of people that share a commonality have gone through something. Um, and it was a conversation that I was actually having like around the time I was leaving college that um, people were kind of like, well, what about grad schools? Like, are they going to look at my past fails on my transcript because I couldn't do this class or whatever, like, as a negative and I won't get into grad school. And it was like, you should be only going to places that want you for you. And, and again, that might not look like what you've pictured it to be, but it will serve you so much better in the end. And it was like, why would you want to go to a grad school that make looks at you badly or rejects you for having a pass fail during coronavirus yeah like why would you want to be somewhere that prioritizes that grading over the work that you've put in for the years before then or for the scores on your testing that you you know what i mean why do you want to go somewhere that people might push you out so easily so it's like that too i think that's something that's informed my journey so much it's like yeah vogue is amazing and vogue is great right vogue is obviously Vogue. It has the reputation that it has for a reason. But if if women at Vogue, Black people at Vogue, Black people at Condé Nast, women at Condé Nast are being treated badly for years and it kind of just goes under the radar until something like this happens, this big kind of reckoning, exactly. why would you want to go there? Why is that your peak of, of success? Mm-hmm. Somewhere that you will not be treated well and somewhere that you won't be respected, the work that you do won't be respected. So that's kind of informed a lot of the, even like right now, like applying to more jobs and more opportunities and things like that. I'm like, what is the reputation of this company? Like, is it, do I, would I rather work somewhere small and independent that will support me in my journey that I can really grow and learn? Or do I want to go somewhere and be told to get coffee and be trapped in a fashion closet for 10 hours a day? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's like a, it's an interesting thing. But again, like I think in all aspects of your life, you should only be going places that work for you, that treat you well, that celebrate you. And that's kind of, I think something that I've had to learn during this time is like, we're going through a lot of shit right now. And if people aren't taking care of you in this really stressful time, you don't want to be with those people. And again, that can filter down to your job, to the friends you hang out with, the people you associate with, to the organizations that you're a part of, to the friend then these like friend group girl gangs that people are all a part of seemingly exactly. you, know I mean? uh-huh. you kind of if people aren't celebrating you and treating you to your full worth why why be there are you going to be satisfied after that are you going to still be sad all the time so yeah that's something that i think i've definitely had to kind of think about and if i had to tell people who are kind of going through similar existential crises like yeah. everybody is right now it's like that's it like that's like why especially right now in this time where you have so much flexibility essentially like why go somewhere that's not working for you or not celebrating what you have to offer most definitely in my, in, in my own family don't tell them <laughs> <laughs>
And where can everyone find you on social media? Um, I'm on Instagram as ahl period dot ia, and I'm on Twitter as not underscore al, so just not underscore ahl. Um, yeah, that's really it. <laughs> Website coming soon, hopefully. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, but I'll. I'll update you on that when that happens. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining. No, of course. Thank you. This is so this is so great. I love being I my first pod. I love it. Thanks for tuning in to Black Fat Fashion. You know, you can always reach out via social media or email with your questions or ideas. Make sure you give us a follow at Black Fat Fashion, as well as my personal page at Ayana Ish. With love from your BFF. <laughs>